This episode of I Work For Him is brought to you by SaferNet, online at safernet.com. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the voice of collaboration for the faith and work movement. And we are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. So what does that look like in your world? Well, let's find out right now. For the last 10 and a half years, this show has been called I Work For Him. It's all about making that paradigm shift from thinking that you need to quit your job so you can go work in a full-time ministry to recognizing the fact that God loves your work and he puts you there on purpose and he doesn't want you to quit your job to go to full-time ministry because you are already in a place of full-time ministry. Oh, please help us. A mission field full of lost and hopeless people. That's what your workplace is. But at some point in time, we need to con to continue the paradigm shift. We need to take it to the next level, to move from I work for him to more of a supernatural experience in our workplace, more like I work with him. You see, God loves our work and he wants to be involved in our work. He showed that reality in the garden when he asked Adam to name all the animals, but in order to do so, God brought the animals to Adam. They worked together. Adam worked with God. So what does that look like in your business? I think it looks like transforming your business into an expression of God's kingdom. What does that really mean? I am super glad you asked. Today, Peter Lauer joins us from New Zealand. That's right. The other end, it's actually tomorrow when we're recording this, and that just should blow your mind, but it doesn't. He's written a book and teaches, a sem- and teaches seminars all the time about when Jesus calls transforming businesses into expressions of God's kingdom. Peter, welcome to I Work For Him. What an introduction. Thank you so much. I, I sound like a super expert when you do it that way. Uh, and you mentioned where your workplaces are full of broken people. And to be honest, we're all broken people, aren't you? We're, we're just disciples on a journey following Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So even if we work alone, it's a workplace full of broken people. So, Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're not saying we're not broken. So definitely that is the case. All right. So before we talk about transforming businesses into kingdom businesses, can you tell us some of your Jesus story? Sure. Let's try and summarize this for you. So you can tell by my accent, I originally came from England. I was born to English parents, uh, born overseas in Kenya. Um, I, I gave my life to Christ personally. I was brought up in a Christian home, but gave my life to Christ personally just after we shifted back to England when I was seven years old, um, having been in Hong Kong in the meantime. Um, I, I went away to boarding school, just jumping ahead at the age of, of 13 because my parents went overseas again. Uh, and through that time, I had to try and find a way to work at my faith in a really, really um, aggressive kind of environment, an anti-environment. And at the age of 16, I heard that a friend of mine had gone back to Hong Kong to live there, had been so-called baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I had no idea what that was, but whatever it was, I wanted it. So I got down on my knees in my study, prayed for God to baptize me in the Spirit. And suddenly I just had this overwhelming sense of God's presence. So those are the two real major landmarks that, that launched my business, launched my, my life off in God. I found myself speaking in tongues I'd never heard of anybody who had done before. That just was what came with the package. However, let's move on from there. So, um, I, I traveled through so many churches in my background. I was brought up in a Methodist church in England. Uh, I, I've been through American Southern Baptist Missionary Church over in Bangladesh. I, um, have actually worshiped with some Quakers at different times, worked in es- ecumenical churches, um, Episcopal churches. Uh, blimey, where haven't I been? I don't know. Anyway, finally, uh, um, <clears throat> through my time at university with a crowd of university friends, we had just spent a whole year praying God 
pr- praying to God every morning. And um, we ended up forming a church. So that was a fully independent, charismatic church. That grew to 250 by the end of the year. Where do I go on from there to back to the south of England to a church there where I started to learn things in the spirit? I've been prophesying, by the way, since I was 16, and that's been part of my journey too. Uh, anyway, ultimately over to New Zealand, and here I've been through an Anglican church, and we're in, we're in Baptist churches here, which I have to say are nothing like the American Baptist churches. Um, but yeah, a, a real kind of background of everything. So you've experienced God in lots of different flavors. Love that. I mean, it, but really, it's we all experience God differently. And denominations were man's idea, not Jesus's. So we Absolutely can say right. And all of this moving around, which gave you different exposure, I assume is part of also your work journey. You have um, had worked in multiple different industries and had at least three different career changes. So why don't you outline your career just a little bit so we can kind of see how that lines up? Sure. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Multiple changes. So I, I started, my university degree was in anthropology, which was such fun, but, but designed nothing for the workplace. So I'd find something to do. I'd always wanted to be a doctor, but never got the grade. So a friend of mine said, well, he was going nursing. So I became a nurse and I did that for five years. By the end of which stage I was married, I had a child, realized it wasn't going to support us for life, went to a careers advisor and said, you should go and be an accountant. And, and a real apologies to accountants who are listening. But my first reaction was, seriously, am I that boring? However, he said, no, 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 it's not boring. It's about the fact, Peter, that accountancy is moving forward. It'll, it'll help you travel. So I went through that career change. Um, I then actually ran five different businesses of my own and ultimately ended up going back into work for a while as an accountant. Um, and that led me into consultancy. And so I worked as a, as a business consultant through New Zealand, um, but through 14 different industries along that journey, too. Well, you know, why not? Well, I mean, how do you how can you be a consultant if you don't have a wide ranging experience? All right. So at what point in time, Peter, did God intersect your career? And transform it by intersecting your faith and your work. At what point in time did those two become one? Right. So in some respects, our whole journey has been going on the whole time. But there was a real marker point about seven years ago when I had just moved into the consulting business. And an amazing 80-year-old friend of mine who was a prayer warrior um, asked me in church one day. I was two weeks in and he said, Peter, how's your business going? Uh, or how's the business going, actually, was his phrase. And I said, oh, it's great. And, and, and I described what was happening. I was a new client coming my way. But I said, you know, I can see it's already getting really busy. And I would so value your prayers that I don't start to lose touch with God in the way that I've developed over the last year while I've been waiting for this to happen. I don't want my business to take away from that relationship. And he looked me straight in the eyes and he said, Peter, that's the wrong, that's the wrong statement. And I couldn't work out what I'd said was wrong. What have, I, what, have, what have I said? And he said, what if it's not your business? What if you make God your CEO and you simply become his employee? Nothing more. And for me, there was an instant kind of paradigm shift. You know, one of those moments in your life when everything changes, your mind seems to do a somersault. And I suddenly thought, my goodness, if that's possible, if that's genuinely possible, everything changes. The whole game changes. The foundations on which we build change, the way the outcomes we expect change, the pressure comes off me, it goes onto his shoulders, and I simply follow in his footsteps. So it was about seven years ago. What I love about the fact you're not very excited about it, but I mean, you talk about <laughs> Earth Chatter. I mean, really what you did, just as I said in the, in the opening, you went from I work for him to you said, yeah, I, I want to work with him. 
Yeah. And, and that's at that point where you really ran into that, wasn't it? I mean, how was it different? So put it this way. I began to realize most of us, most of us work from this perspective or, or, or kind of come from the perspective of, well, I am a Christian. I need to take that in the workplace. I, I want to express that I've got to do things his way. So we're looking for principles to apply. The problem with principles is the moment we have principles, you know, okay, so what would Jesus do tends to be the question that we ask there. What would Jesus do in this circumstance? And what we're looking for is the principle. The challenge is when we think we've got the principle, we can actually say, ah, fantastic. Thanks, God. Right. You can go sit on the bleachers for a while now because now we know what you want us to do. We don't need you anymore. We can do it for you. Whereas actually the invitation of Jesus to every disciple universally, and it goes on and on and on, is simply follow me. And if we're going to take that seriously, we get to the point where we say, oh, okay, so actually you don't want me to do this for you on behalf of you. You actually want to be actively involved. So to do things with him is to say genuinely, he understands business better than I do. In fact, he even invented business and started to develop some of our early patriarchs of the faith into business. It's his game. He knows it far better than us. And actually, if we let him take the lead and we simply follow him in that, everything changes. And yes, it's genuinely possible. <laughs> I love that. You know, God showed us a way we were focusing on working with him when, we, when he called us to write our books. I work for him, she works for him, and I retire for him. We couldn't find a single publisher that had ever launched three books at one time, but we knew God wanted us to do it that way. So we literally birthed a triplet of books through God's strength and design and not our own. We love that each of the 52 contributors recorded their own chapter for the audio version. We got 52 different voices. It could also be purchased in paperback or as a PDF. For any size donation I work for him, we're going to mail you a paperback copy of the title of your choice. Just go to iworkforhim.com forward slash donate. Become a part of the I Work For Him support team. You know, this conversation is um, so near and dear to us, but I love the fresh perspective and the fresh accent doesn't hurt either, you know, makes it. <laughs> no, well, it was funny though. If you thought our audience could tell you were from, you know, England instead of uh, New Zealand, uh, that that's pretty funny because I'm sure there's like. They just know that you're across not- the pond somewhere, right? <laughs> but no, we're so grateful um, to be having this conversation with Peter. And I just want to ask you, um, does God actually like business? Oh, yeah. Great question. Does he like business? Yes. As I said before, this is his idea. I mean, go back into the Old Testament when he calls Abraham to follow him. Now, bear in mind, there is no scripture at this stage. Abraham is working entirely on experience, and he's called just go. Pick up the camels, the tent, the wife, the donkeys, the slaves, the everything, and go. Where to, God? Well, to the land I'm showing you. You don't need to know. Just come on the journey. But as he goes on the journey, God begins to multiply his herds, begins to grant him favor, begins to take him forward. Moving on to to Isaac, his son, we get to the point where um, during the course of a single year, God doubles his flocks. You'll see that in Genesis. Uh, moving into the realms of people like Joseph. Um, and these are just the early people in our faith story. You know, we, 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 we see Joseph and Nebuchadnezzar given a vision that he needs to prepare for his people. And God gives that business mind, the entrepreneurial mind to Joseph to move forward. I'm deeply believing 
that business is not a construct of the world. It's not something we've developed in, in, in the commercial world or the capitalist world. It's actually the very heart of God to bring people together to... Okay, okay I, got, I got to stop you there. Okay, First, okay Joseph, do that. Joseph, Joseph worked for Pharaoh. Daniel worked yeah. for Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. So we got to make sure we get that clarification out there. But business... Oh, is sorry. Something, <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. It, it's early in the day there tomorrow. All right, so... <laughs> But, but I want you to clarify, because you're bringing up Abraham, and you're bringing up Isaac, and you're bringing up Joseph. Right. I, uh, the question Martha asked, Peter, answer the question. Does God like business? And what does it have to do with those guys? So, so the business is, so, uh, you floored me. I did. I got you. You did. Because Abraham was such a huge business owner, he had to have 300 armed guards. These guys had monster business enterprises, and we don't have yeah, a yeah. Wait, we don't. We think of them as a team, uh, okay. but but they have big business, and that's why you went there. Of course, that's why you went there, right? <laughs> it, it is, but you know, I think so many of us when we read the scriptures, for whatever reason, we filter that out, and we just think they were just going about their life, and this is all the things that were happening. But really, what were they doing? They were conducting business. So we have all these examples, and I love the fact that you said that you know Abraham was doing all this without scripture, right? He, 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 he was setting the pace so God, it could be written for us to learn from. So if God was allowing all of those um, biblical people to be running businesses, and we take from that that God yeah. likes business, then what is this term? What does it mean to be a kingdom business? Yeah, okay. Um, it's a good point. So a kingdom business for me, this is how I begin to define it, is that a kingdom business is, is different from a Christian business. I, I deliberately make that transaction in my own mind. So for me, a Christian business is any business that's run by a Christian. So usually those businesses are commercial on their bottom line. They're looking for that starting point is we get what business is, is, uh, is. We've worked in them. Our parents worked in them. We own one. We understand that. Now, how do I bring my Christianity to that? Whereas for me, a kingdom business is a business founded absolutely rock solid on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And that comes out of 1 Corinthians, uh, where Paul says no one can build on a foundation other than the one that's already been laid, which is Jesus. So a kingdom business is the business that is starts from a different foundation, allows God to take the lead, allows him to be the CEO, and enters into this journey of faith, which frankly is quite frightening, <laughs> because suddenly they, the rule book's out the window. And we're moving from a different perspective. So it's allowing the kingdom of God to invade earth, just as Jesus said to his disciples, tell them that the kingdom has come. So we have to show that the kingdom has come and a business that operates in the kingdom will do that in the commercial world. You know, we mm. often say on the show that as a Jesus follower, everything about you should be changing and everyone around you should be benefiting from your faith, whether they believe in Jesus or not. That's the kingdom. Is that in effect? What a kingdom business does that everybody, everybody's being blessed by that business, whether they believe in the kingdom or not. Absolutely. And we take this right back to the Lord's prayer. Um, you know, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come on earth exactly as it is in heaven. So if the father's heart is to bring kingdom to the earth, then just as when Jesus walked straight into the marketplaces of his day, which were, if you like, from a, from a, a kind of a spiritual perspective, they were quite secular. 
I mean, they, they were filled with religion, yes, and they were filled with 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 the law and, and, and understandings of the scriptures, which were wrong, by the way, because Jesus had to reinterpret most of them. But he he brought into the spaces of people who just were everyday people the kingdom of God. Healing broken, deliverance broken, miracles broken, wisdom broken, deals broken. Uh, you know, you remember when Peter was out fishing and Jesus said, Peter, put your nets out on the other side. And he had the biggest catch of his life. I mean, this is God involved in business in a big way. 60% of his parables actually relate to finance, business, and investment. Extraordinary. Another way we know that God likes business, because he knows yes. that we're all going to be involved in it in one way or another, right? Yeah. Even, even back at the, at the, you know, in the time of Christ, there had to be a marketplace. People had to trade and get trade things. Stuff. You bet. They get things. So, yeah. so you mentioned earlier, that somebody challenged you to make God your CEO. Yeah. There's one guy here in the United States, guy's name was Stanley Tam, who back in the 60s wrote a book, God Owns My Business, and talked about the day he made God his CEO. But I'd love to hear it from you. What does it look like to make God your CEO? So this is where it really begins to get exciting because we start to see god to step into that commercial arena and and genuinely start to take leads so for me personally let you let me give you three experiences when i was working as a consultant i tended to work with only a few people at a time maybe six people at a time and work very intensively and now for some reason they all came in in batches and they left in batches and i have no idea why that happened but the first time it happened a batch of three left and so my business halved in effect. And I, I said, God, okay, what do we do now? So straight back to him. That's my perspective. So that's my responsibility is, Lord, what, what is on your heart? What do you want me to do now? And on that occasion, he said to me, Peter, don't do anything. I've got something coming for you. So I had gained my first clients through uh, door knocking, through a telemarketer. He said, just wait. Now, within uh, six weeks, I had five referrals. And this was early business stage. Interestingly, that's never happened at that speed at any time since then. And out of those five referrals, I got another three clients. Now, the next time it happened, I lost three clients. Lord, what are we doing now? And he said, there is an, another journey coming. Wait for a moment. Now, at that particular point, there was someone in our organization I didn't know became very unwell. And I admit this is very much at his disadvantage. But I was asked to pick up his three clients that he had closest to me. Um, so again, God knew what was needed. Third time it happened, Lord, what is it you want me to do now? Uh, you know, what's my wrong? He said, well, just do what any consultant would do. Use a telemarketer. So those are three just really interesting things. And you see there, there's no, with God, the plan is listen, hear, obey. Okay. Whereas that, that's the strategy that sits behind it. The actual battle plan in each occasion was completely different. And we see that all the time with the, 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 the um, armies of Israel as well. Exactly the same thing. The strategy was always come to me, listen, hear, respond to what I say, obey what I say, and I will do the work for you, or I'll ask you to do it for me. So that's just one area in which it can be there. But it can be in finances, it can be in staffing, it can be in just every area of our business. He takes control. But you said God told you to wait. Yes. You're a business guy. Yes. Waiting <laughs> means doing nothing. <laughs> that's a really good that's a really good question. No, there's a difference between passive waiting and active waiting. 
Oh, okay. Pa- so pass- passive waiting is I'll just go sit on the couch and, and, and eat my chips and watch the TV and just, you know, God will come along. And, and we all know that story of the person waiting on the top of the roof of their house and a storm and a boat comes along. No, no, no. I don't need rescuing. God's going to rescue me. That's really passive waiting. You know, sometimes I'm just sitting here. I'm not involved at all. You know, I have no responsibility. Active waiting is an attitude of abiding in him. And we get this out of John 15. So John 15, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Now, put that into a business context for a moment, because if fruit bearing is inevitable, and I would claim that it is from that verse, (laughs) it's inevitable if we fulfill the if clauses of Jesus, and there are plenty of them. So if we abide in him, that sounds really active to me. Abiding is a living space. It's a a space of activity. It's a space of permanence, but it's a space of a, a kind of activity in a restful state. And we see this in the life of Jesus every morning, off on his own. That time with his father, I believe, was his home space. And out of that, he went to work. Hmm. So and learning will- to wait it, it is just that is that active stage of, Lord, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm waiting, I'm wanting. What changes do I need to make? Is there anything in me you need to deal with? I would tell you that that is a concept that, that Martha and I are learning right now, uh, waiting as an action verb in the kingdom. Yeah. It's not something I'd ever heard preached before, that that kind of waiting was an action verb. Uh, very, very difficult to, as a business person, just sit and wait and abide and focus yeah. instead of do, 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 pick up the phone, go make the phone yeah. calls. It, yeah. it, it, it's incredible, but great words. It Thank seems you. counterintuitive, doesn't it? Totally counterintuitive. Right, which that's but got style. He's exactly. Got- the upside down kingdom. Hey, the first come last, the love come first. The person who gave the smallest coin got the greatest accolade in scripture for her giving everything. I mean, this is God. The rules change. You know, you said something that really um, made it made a, me stop and think about it for a minute because you, know, you were talking about how each time God gave you a different action plan, right? So many people think that if I'm going to make God in charge, if I'm going to make him, let him, allow him to be the CEO then I'm just going to sit back and he's going to take care of everything. I, I think people don't think that there's more than one option. And God has, God, God has a lot of ways that he can work. And um, we need to be listening. Like you said, you know, I heard, he told me I need to do this or I need to do that or I need to wait because something's coming. And so I just think that's a key thing to really relate to, especially as we're looking at the new year. Somebody said to me to just today that most of us live life like rest is a reward. And it really struck me because it's like, I, I think that's, I never have articulated that way. But I think this resting and this waiting on God, it, you know, we think we're supposed to just be passive. And it's so much more than that. It's leaning into him and listening Absolutely. and be actively involved in what he has to say. So I hope that people kind of that gets their thinking and listening a little bit more. And I just want to let all the listeners know that we are going to have a link in the um, show notes for Peter's book, When Jesus Calls, because um, this is, Jim, you've read the book. What do you want to say about it? Wow. Wow. <laughs> but I, I, I know that a lot of what we're talking about 
you know, is going to lean it, people toward I, I summarize it my own. It's shifting that mindset from I work for him to I work with him. I mean, it, it, it really is. I, I, I want to hit this and we're just listeners. Most of our podcasts go 24 minutes. I knew today would be impossible to do 24 minutes because we're already 24 <laughs> minutes in. We've got another probably 10 minutes left. So if, if you want to listen to us in two parts, just go ahead, keep listening. You can pause us and come back. All right. Peter, in your perspective, because a lot of most believers listening to the show today have never heard this sermon. What right. is the purpose of business here on earth? Does it really have a kingdom purpose? Yeah. Yeah. And a really good, that's a really good question. And, and look, there's nowhere in scripture that says, you know, this is what I think business is, thus is the Lord. Just as interestingly, there is no one place in scripture we can go to, no one place that says God is a trinity. We, we, you know, we pull this through the scriptures because of what comes out of them for us. And in the same way, when you look at the way that God engages with people right the way through from the patriarchs, the ancient patriarchs, through to, through to the disciples and through even into the work of Paul, who's, who's very happily working in business and funding his, his own mission out of that as well. This is what I, this is how I kind of have, have distilled all that is that business is fundamentally not something that the commercial world has put together. Not, not originally. Actually, kingdom business. And, and business with God is God's design to bring groups of people together so that they develop resources, which he, not us, will then apply into his kingdom for his work. Yeah, business is supposed to be a, we did a, we did a series on this, what the business is supposed to be a blessing to the owner and his family, the employees, the vendors, the customers, and the community that the business operates within, whatever that community Absolutely. looks like. And when it's not doing those things, something's off. And even beyond the community we live in, you know, there's, there, there is a blessing that flows. I drop the pebble in the pond, the ripples will go. Mm-hmm. You know, we love talking about this whole concept of kingdom purpose and Patriot Mobile sure knows their purpose. And it's all about faith, family and freedom. Actually, an organization that was founded, like you were talking about, on those, those principles. So Jim and I, um, as we use Patriot Mobile for our mobile service, are getting reliable coverage and support for our conservative beliefs. In fact, if you use Patriot conservative Mobile- Conservative and Christian beliefs. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, both. Both. And, and um, if you use patriotmobile.com forward slash I work for him, you actually help support the work of I work for him as we equip workplace believers to see their workplace as a mission field. So I encourage you to switch today to patriotmobile.com forward slash I work for him. All right. So when a business transforms into an expression of God's kingdom, yeah. what, I would, what I and I believe you would call a kingdom business, give us just a short list of defining features. Wow. Okay. So, so you know, says there's a whole lot here that you could probably pick up better with from, actually from my book. Um, there's a chapter there that, that's based on the call. Uh, what is a call? Um, and there are defining issues for me in every, any call, including the call of Jesus Christ. And they stand out as, you know, first, a knowledge of the call. Secondly, operating by faith. Thirdly, the surrender and obedience of the business owner. That's a biggie for us. That's, it's not something we talk about in business, in, in business language at all. Secondly, is, is ad adopting the character of the kingdom, which is actually the character of Jesus himself, rather than adopting the character of commercial business and operating from there. 
Um, there are just a whole series of things that will change. Let me give you this as an example. So um, one of the things you often hear businesses say is, you know, our, our, our staff are our best assets. And where that goes me is, well, for one off, an asset is a consumable item that gets consumed in the, perp- in the process of you developing income. I don't believe that's how God sees people. Mm-hmm. All right. That's one. The other big one that they use, and it's real falsehood, is our, our, our business is one big family. And I think, well, hang on, family is not got rid of the moment your profits go down. Family is not got rid of when they become unwell. Family is, so don't use that word about business. You know, business does have its own, its own parameters. It's not intended to be wholeheartedly working on the same um, uh, arena as a, a domestic family, but it still operates under the lordship of Jesus, which means people do come first. Um, he, well, he comes first, <laughs> then the people come before the prophets. And, and you see, I, I suppose my perspective here is that when we start to introduce the kingdom and we let the king be the king in our business, i.e. our CEO, then he undertakes to make sure that the prophets happen. That also will be part of the inevitable fruit that we gain because he understands business. And again, just a reminder, we're talking about Peter Lawyer, who, who wrote this book. He's from New Zealand. And so I'm not sure I'm saying his last name even right. Just say it for everybody. How do you say your last name? Okay, so the L-A-W, I would say as law. Okay, Lowry. so it's Lowry. 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 Yeah, so, yeah, Lowry. Let's go. Yeah. so in America, it'd be Lowry. So just, uh, just say Lowry. Lowry. He wrote this incredible. Whatever. Get it on. I Am- answer to a lot. <laughs> Peter, or hey, hey you. When Jesus calls, transforming businesses into expressions of God's kingdom, get a copy on Amazon. Peter cannot send you a free copy for yourself from New Zealand unless you make a free donation of $1,000 to I work for him. Then I'll help him pay for it. (laughs) All right. I want to close up our conversation just really quick. Answer this one really quick. Running a business with God, is it really possible? Is it really possible to involve God in the details of running a business? Yeah, it is. I have a group that we op- that, that actually came to me and asked, can we go through the chapters of your book and work out how we apply this in business? And through the course of that, we have just seen God operate. The other thing that you will find is when you read that book, I interviewed people from all over the English-speaking world, and every chapter other than the first three introductory chapters, every chapter has their testimonies, their stories that I gained before I even wrote the book. God is already at work in the world operating through business. Uh, and I'm glad you put that up because I, I grabbed one of those quotes from Al Whitmore Pryor. He yeah. says in the book, if you're anointed for business, God will put things on you. You will have to be willing to go where it's deeply uncomfortable. That's <laughs> just following Jesus. That's what a life of faith and surrender does. It calls you out onto the waters to walk where others won't. I, I, I thought if you're willing to follow God and work with him in your business, things would be easier, not uncomfortable. <laughs> What do you think Al meant by that? Uh, what's the best way to answer this? Look at the life, look at the personal life of Jesus. Did he make things easier for some people in some circumstances? Yes, he did. What did he walk through himself, though, as the one who is the example of the king in the kingdom? He was not only the one who broke the prison bars for people and set the captives free. He was also known as the man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. He walked through in steps of obedience, and that obedience made demands on him and his time so that God's kingdom was established on earth. So this is not us-focused. It is Jesus-focused. That's what a kingdom business has to be. 
If we go back in the middle again, guess what? We're just going to start to build it around ourselves. And it will just become another business out there looking a little bit like most commercial businesses trying to do some good in the world, but actually impacting the world dramatically with the kingdom. You've lost your battle before you start. God mm. needs to be in the center, not us. So two things. One is I love that you said, you know, these testimonies that you've put in the book, these stories are already, were already happening. And um, we know that we can't refute them, right? So those the, those are experiences that people had, and I love that you've documented it for other people to be encouraged by and challenged by. But if we're speaking of this dramatic, you know, um, things that can happen, let's talk about kind of the elephant in the room. What about the supernatural? Can the business <laughs> really usher in supernatural circumstances? Well, let's ground this in scripture and ground this in the life of Jesus before we put practicals. I've already mentioned the fish with Peter. Mm -hmm. uh, there was another another time when Jesus and Peter had to pay tax. What happened there? Peter, go catch a fish in its mouth. You'll find a coin. Um, what about when Jesus talks about um, the fact that if you're faithful in small things, I will put you in charge of many cities? I mean, Small faithfulness in business arenas will grow into other things. So the miraculous in business, absolutely. So things like um, the drawing together of a business deal at the moment that it's needed. Um, I'll give you a real live example as well. Not that long ago, I was, I was driving home one day and God said to me, Peter, I want you to uh, contact somebody you know in business and share this thought with him. And so I, and I thought, yeah, yeah, okay, well, I'm driving. No, do it now. So I pulled over. I got out my, my phone and I actually texted him and I said, look, um, I'm sorry, forgive me, this is right off the wall, but I believe that you are facing a really sizable contract at the present stage. God says there are going to be fish hooks in it. He's not saying avoid it, but if you actually walk carefully with him through this, he will show you the way through. He was on the phone in two minutes saying, I've got a contract on my desk. It's one of the largest we've done, not the largest, but one of the largest. It's in a fishing town. So the fish hooks in there really resonated with me. And I'm going right back through that contract now mm. in order to, uh, you know, redesign it, relook at it. Have I got everything there that I need to do? God, God knows you. God loves you. Why wouldn't he want to be involved in your business just like he is in your marriage? What's the difference to him? We make it different and it shouldn't be. There is no Sunday and Monday divide. God is, is, is wanting to be just as much the God of the scriptures, the God of truth, the God of the miraculous in your business as anywhere else. And when that guy, went, I'm going to get passionate now. Aren't I? I love it. <laughs> no problem with passion here on I work for you. That's for sure. Peter, he went and found, he found some things in that contract that needed to be ironed out, didn't he? He found some he things that were in there that needed to be addressed. Well, he addressed the figures. He, 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 he bolstered the figures. He actually said one of those, one of those fish hooks has already come in. We've already seen something of this happening. So I'm going through, I'll pad out the figures again. We'll go back with a higher bid than I was going to. And it's given him the leeway. The project is now working. There are some challenges on site, but because he was forewarned, he's absolutely on top of the project. So now he's working uh, it, more actively in it and ironing out the problems as they come. And they're now sailing through. It's awesome. You know, and, and also it makes a testimony for you because you actually walked in obedience to what you heard and you made the call or the text, you know, and got his attention and said, what is... I don't know. I just, there's so much power in your part of that story because you took that step of obedience. 
So how do people get in touch with you and the work that you are doing in the marketplace? So I have a website, like everybody has a website. Um, that's uh, which business is business practice. <laughs> that's good business practice as a starting point. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's um, www.business-as-mission.com. And there's a contact form on there. If you read the back, if, if you actually get a copy of the book, um, there are, there are um, uh, links on the back of there that you can, yeah. And on the back of it, there's, there's, there's uh, email addresses. There's the website address. Jim is showing it on video in case you're only listening to it, but we will have all of that in the show notes for everybody. So you don't have to write it down while you're driving or pull over or anything. I got to do an interpretation though. Okay. Business dash mission business-as-mission.com. Yeah. And that will be in the show notes so to keep it easy. The hyphen thing was just like... There you go. I don't, I, We're grateful. It's an English thing, obviously. There is a, there is a way for you to get in, in touch with uh, Peter and continue this conversation and, and take advantage of this wonderful book that um, you have taken the time to write with God as your CEO in the, in the driver's seat. Peter, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us on I Work For Him today. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him. This episode of I Work For Him is brought to you by SaferNet. Online at SaferNet.com. My Windows computer updates security every few days. Is it enough? Stay ahead of cyber threats with SaferNet VPN. For businesses seeking top-notch security without complexity, we've got you covered. Plus, protect your family with powerful internet filters. Experience the ease of cybersecurity with SaferNet VPN. Join us in creating a safer online environment by getting secured now. Sign up at SaferNet.com. That's SaferNet.com. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field. But for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online at iworkforhim.com. I Work, the number four, him.com. <laughs>